What's up and welcome to Groundbreaking, a friendly original podcast bringing you the young creatives redefining entrepreneurship and introducing you to tomorrow's leaders today. I'm Jake Brewer. Let's get started. We're in for a treat today. That's a joke I wrote, just you wait, it'll make sense. <laughs> I'm joined by Bella Lamb, the founder of Coconut Whisk, the first baking mix based with coconut sugar. If you know me and you know how much I support veganism, um, you can tell I'm incredibly excited to chat with Bella today. With every purchase, they donate one meal, and on today's show, we're cooking up something special. Welcome back to Groundbreaking, everybody. I'm so excited you decided to join us for another episode um, I'm running out of things to say in the beginning of these because I'm just I'm at that point now where I've talked about it in a couple episodes prior of how the show started originally with people that I knew or a couple years ago and I've just sort of met and um, followed their journey and so I kind of knew a lot about um, the story that we were going to tell and how we were going to um, interact during the episode but we're at this point now where like friends of friends are referring people and I'm getting to meet so many incredible young creative people who are just not even like shifting the cultural space but just building a whole new one um and i sincerely hope every single episode you've heard has just been like astonishing because we finish every single episode and i'm just like left speechless i'm left reflecting for so long um and it just blows my mind and i listen to every episode again and i just pick up on new things every time um so hopefully you're finding a huge value and resource in the show and i know you are going to learn so much from today's episode selfishly i am especially excited for today because we're talking with somebody who created a product that i wish was more popular and was just more of a standard um and she did it so so well um anybody who knows me knows how much i like to plug that i'm vegan and don't worry i'm before you click off this show like don't worry i'm not going to be plugging that the whole time we're not going to be pressuring you to go vegan but like do think about like the change in your ecological footprint if you do um, i encourage you to do some research on that um just to educate yourself um but my guest today is so incredible and i'm going to be totally transparent she's listening to everything that i say right now but seems just like so set and has the most smooth running business that it's almost like, and I mean this with the absolute most like compliment, intimidating, and it's amazing. And the work that she does and just how I've seen and watched her brand evolve over the past couple weeks, um, as I knew we were going to do this episode, um, is insane and crazy. And I know she's going to have some amazing stories to tell, and I'm truthfully so excited to jump in. Bella Lamb is our guest today, and she is the founder of Coconut Whisk, which is a completely like just baking mixes that are, it's the very first one founded on coconut sugar, which is so cool. Huge fan of coconut sugar. Um, and I mean, I just know, cause I walk the grocery store, like I typically have to go to a more so unique grocery store to find um, products that are vegan friendly, gluten free, um, and really can cater to everybody in my friend group. Um, so as much as I love baking and just making cookies, it's always, it's always a struggle. And I mean, if you're like me, like the way I don't really have every single ingredient in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I start like, or I want to bake, I'm like, I don't have like xanthan gum. Like, what is that? Like, and then it's like, I don't want to go to the store to, I don't even know what xanthan gum is. I just know that it's a thing. So I probably just expose my ignorance there. But, um, what I love so much about the product product that Bella created was it's just so simple and it's so familiar to what like I grew up using, but now it sort of meets my values and what I want to cook and make for my friends. Um, and she definitely built a community around this brand coconut whisk. And I'm so excited to welcome Bella on the show today. Bella, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Jacob. Thanks so much for having me. That was like the best intro I think I've ever received. So thank you. <laughs> You're kidding. Wow. If that was the best, I could have prepared way more and just like continuously hyped you up for the whole hour. (laughs) No, that was marvelous. So thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I, well, it means so much. I know, I know you're insanely busy. Um, and just the products that I've seen have launched and, um, I do have to shout out, you are one of very few people that have actually made like a snickerdoodle mix, which is my absolute favorite. Um, so, and I want to dive in because I know, like, I know this product didn't just, like, just happen to be in your lap one day. Like, I can only imagine, like, the development of it. 
Um, and I mentioned like, we want to start with the chronological timeline and we're probably going to find a really great tangent here just to dive off of. Um, so I can't wait, but let's go back. Um, I don't know how far we need to go back, but we'll go there. Um, when did like this first sort of like spark happen and like why, and like, what was your feeling towards it? Cause I've talked to people who are like the moment I thought of it, like I knew I had to pursue this. And then there's been other instances where they were like, I was hesitant for a whole year before I even told anybody about it. So I want to hear what like your version of that story is. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So I'll take it back to the spring of 2018. Well, I was, I was vegan for about two years. And the reason why I went vegan was because of um, health issues. I had like hormonal imbalance and I just had to clean up my diet. And, um, you know, I, I was also really big on the whole, like animal and, um, and planet thing and how, you know, going vegan is, it just lowers your footprint and all that. Um, so I went vegan my sophomore year of college. And then, you know, I was a huge, I was also a huge like baker. I love to make, I, I love food, anything that involves food I'm all about. And so, um, naturally when I was, you know, as a vegan, like I just realized that there were a lot of options, you know, when I went to events, when I went to farmer's markets, when I went, went to festivals or anything, like nothing, nothing really I could have besides like, I don't know, maybe a corn on a stick or, um, if I go to the grocery yeah. store, yeah. If I go to the grocery store, it's like, what, what if I wanted to make like an easy cookie or something, there just wasn't anything. And so, um, that happened like early on when I was a vegan and, um, eventually, eventually that like I did have a moment where I was like whoa like why don't I just start this vegan and gluten-free baking mix company and I actually remember the specific moment I was in the shower and it's just like I, I don't know what happens in the shower but you just you just think so much right oh, no absolutely that's so funny you say that that is where yeah. I have my absolute best moments and like I have had I think my friends even got me at one point like a gift it was like a notepad that's just like meant to be like next to the shower because that's where you think like that's where the best ideas come from Oh my gosh. Yes. And I think it's because we're disconnected, you know, we're disconnected. We're, we don't have any distractions and you just like, you're just alone with your thoughts. And so when I had the idea, I was like, Whoa, I, why don't I just start a vegan and gluten-free baking mix company? Even though it makes no sense. I don't have a business degree. I don't have money. I don't have experience. I don't have a network of business professionals. Um, but it was just something I knew I was passionate about because, you know, living vegan, I was passionate about it. And then I just wanted to continue to promote it in a way that makes me feel like I'm contributing my best self. Like, how can I be creative with this vegan lifestyle that I'm just obsessed with uh, about? Um, and so, you know, I told my partner, Miles, he's my business partner and my life partner of six years now almost. And um, he thought I was insane, but we, you know, we put pen to paper and we just got things going. And, you know, the rest is really history. We're um, currently in 16 plus uh, local stores where Google's number one ranking vegan and gluten-free baking mix. Um, and we're just excited for all these new partnerships coming up. And, you know, it, it was just, I think the, the main thing, the main takeaway is having that idea and then, or having something, having a problem you want to solve and knowing that you can provide a solution that's better than what's on the market or that's not even on the market yet. And just going with it and, and, and learning as you go, really. Yeah. Well, that takes so much confidence too. And I love that you're like, why, why wouldn't I just jump in and do it? Like that, like, like if somebody, somebody has to, like, why, why can't it be you? I love that. Right. So as right. you're like, you're embracing this sort of like, okay, this is going to be my venture. Um, like what's the first step? Like, I'm assuming like you're, whether you're writing it down or not, if it's just mental, like a to-do list, like I probably would, if I was in that situation, I probably wouldn't know like, okay, what's my first like logical task. Absolutely. Exactly. So like when I had the idea January, it was yeah spring of 2018. I was like, okay, so I guess I need a business name. We need, you know, to develop products. Um, and coincidentally I was walking, I was walking on campus and I saw this poster for this business competition. It was like a shark tank type thing. And I was like, you know, I have this idea I just had a week ago. Why not just sign up? And it's just this like, why not type of mentality I had, you know, like what's the worst that could happen. I'd rather, you know, fail my face than to regret not doing it at all. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's and really it. And just, I mean, yeah, just full fledged, straightforward. Um, so how did like the name coconut whisk then come about? Because I mean, obviously, like I'm assuming because it's like coconut sugar based, 
Um, and I also don't know like what's the, um, what's like the substantial like benefit or difference um, in using coconut sugar versus I, I guess traditional sugar or sugar cane. Is that the, is that the, like the, like, I don't, I really don't even know much about it, but like why coconut sugar too? Yeah. Uh, coconut sugar. Um, like why we chose coconut sugar. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, because I mean, that's a huge, huge part of, um, what makes you stand out. Yeah, it was honestly, um, I, there's kind of like a few reasons why we chose coconut. Um, I, it's kind of a heritage thing, like growing up, um, I am actually an immigrant. My family, my whole family's, they're immigrants from Vietnam. And um, growing up, like my favorite thing was this like coconut dessert. And so it's just like my childhood incorporated with how coconuts are. Um, it's called the all giving tree. It's in a lot of cultures. It means like all giving tree. And, um, you know, our social mission, we can talk about that later, but that's like a huge part of our brand since the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm just a big fan of coconut sugar just because it's lower in glycemic index. It's, um, it's unrefined. It's just better for you. Um, so I, I just, I just played around with names and we came up with uh, coconut whisk right before the business competition. Um, and, oh, and I didn't mention, so I didn't really complete the story about the business competition. So we signed up <laughs> two months, two months later, we did our business plan and, um, we did our business plan. We got our, um, we got our mentor, we got our business plan and we ended up pitching and we won the food division. So that was when it really validated our idea. And, um, we just went, you know, we just continued on after that. Wow. <laughs> I love, I love how just like casually and just like, we're just strolling through this story of like, yeah, it just like it worked out and it was great. And I, I love, I love that when you're just like, okay, what, like, what's the next step? Like, where can this go? Um, that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah, I, yeah. And I think like I do, I feel like I'm at a fault sometimes when I, I have this really like optimistic personality and it's like, you know, I think it's just growing up with parents who worked really hard, who didn't let anything stop them, who, you know, ignored, ignored just the adversity and just kept going. And you know, I had my eyes set on just developing this, this company as much as I could. And I'm not going to let, um, I'm not going to let myself stop me. I'm not going to let these limiting beliefs stop me that I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough community members to help me it's like I think it's really all about like what do you want and how bad do you want it and just keep doing something every day to to reach it you know it's yeah. there I had I, I say these things like oh yeah it's so easy you know like it, it just seems so effortless but you know I, I I think I just don't highlight on those things and I don't highlight on those moments where it seems like I failed or um, it doesn't feel good I just keep myself in check with like you know this is this is for something bigger than me you know so yeah yeah wow I, I and I love the backstory and I love just the personal ambition and influence in what you what you create because I think if I'm if I just saw it like your product on the shelf I think I would be like oh my gosh like amazing somebody finally stepped up and was like this is now like a demand because at least in like the years that I went like vegan I feel like there's more and more people curious about it too um and just from a very personal standpoint, I love that you're proving like, hey, there can still be really good baked goods from vegan products. So shout out. But also I, I'm, I love that I now know like that personal sort of backstory and why you just felt so confident and ambitious and ambitious in this. Um, that's amazing. Um, and I think I'm, I think I want to know now, like, because I would assume like, I mean, totally correct me if I'm wrong. And I wouldn't be surprised if you just nailed it on the first like yeah. try. Um, <laughs> but uh, what was it like developing then that product? Like I would assume a lot was being baked um, and you were probably just continuously working to just improve the product. And I mean, like, what was that like? You were just baking tons and tons of cookies like all day or, and I know you have more products than just cookies too, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. What, I mean, like, what was, what was that like? I mean, I yeah. For sure. For sure. So in the beginning of coconut whisk, you know, we went through in the past, in the previous two years, we went through so many iterations and we're not done with that because we know that we can always improve. We can always make it easier. Um, and sometimes looking back at our first, you know, first gen of our products, I cringe a little bit. Um, <laughs> it's like, wow, we really sold that. <laughs> you know? um, so it's like, we, I remember, we just spent a lot of time in the kitchen together, Miles and I, and it was like fun for us, you know, to, it's a privilege to be an entrepreneur. It's a privilege to work with your partner and to do it. Um, 
in such a fun way. Um, I know it's not for everybody, but Miles and I have very like complimentary personalities. Mm -hmm. I'm the kind of like the creative he's, I would say he's like the brain of the company (laughs) and I'm more of like the heart. Um, And so we just, you know, we spent a lot of time in the kitchen. We had so many, we had so many um, just trials. I I really, I really just based, I, I wanted to create products that were really familiar to people. And that was, that was like classic, you know, you think about it and you think of home or you think of your childhood. Um, when I, I remember when I, um, came to America and I lived at my cousin, my whole family lived at my cousin's house for a little bit. Um, she, she, she and I, we made pancakes together and that was like one of my favorite childhood memories. And it's like those little things that they stick with you. Right. Um, and I, and I wanted to give that experience to someone else, but someone who maybe have food sensitivities or who chose to go vegan or who, who's gluten free. Um, and so I really wanted those classic recipes, um, something that's familiar. And of course our brand, I, I, I wanted our brand to be approachable when you said in the beginning how, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm vegan, but we're not here to convert you or anything. Like I love, yeah. <laughs> I love how you, I love how you said that because it's like, we, it, there's, there can be a stigma where, you know, vegans can be super like aggressive or just like way too over the top. And that's never how our brand wanted to be. Like, we want to be like, we will take you as you are, come as you are. Um, we're just here to provide another solution. And we found out that a lot of people who aren't vegan, like love our products too. And it's just, you know, better for them. And that's what we loved and um, how I wanted. And that's what my, that's the vision that I had when we did our, our um, recipes in the beginning. And so, yeah, we have mug mm-hmm. cakes, pancakes. Um, uh, what else? Mug cakes. Yeah. Mug cakes, sorry. Mug cakes, pancakes, muffins <laughs> and cookies. So I love it. What was the first one that like really came, came about? <laughs> the first one, actually, we wanted to do like a lemon poppy seed, <laughs> but we, <sighs> yeah, it just never like, we just never clicked with it. So it was, um, we had the muffins, we had the chocolate muffins, and then we had the cookies and then we had the pancakes and then the mug cakes came afterwards. Um, but yeah, the, the cookies were, thinking about it, it we used to have we used to do a bag by bag like teaspoon by teaspoon and we thought we were so effective um and we also what did we do we also um we, we hand stickered everything and it we had like little bag like little packets of like sugar in each one and so it was just like way it was too extra so we, <laughs> we make we we definitely refined it throughout the years and um we're just really happy that we did and that we're not just stuck with like we're just gonna we're we're like stuck with an idea or we're stuck with like a product it's like we're always about the innovation and the evolution that's 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 great because i feel like i don't know if like i mean obviously like after a conversation today i just i love your brand even more and like continuously like buying it making those like um goods like for myself and like obviously my friends too but mostly myself um (laughs) Like, I, I would feel like you, you want more. Like, what's, like, continuously wanting to, like, improve? Um, I mean, I, I don't, like, do much, like, freestyle baking, like, on my own. But, like, I can get the sense of, like, there is always a way to improve and make this more efficient, um, which I feel like is really unique and cool about your product, too. Yeah, like, now we, you know, for our cookies, we just need oil and water. Um, we're playing with, like, maybe just do all water or something like that. Um, so I don't know if I'm, I'm supposed to share that, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that, you know, that's just, like, how do we just make it so easy for someone to just make our cookies or make our pancakes? You know, I mean, our mug cakes, they're all, you just add water and you pop it in the microwave, you know? Because um, yeah. in our, yeah, yeah, in the future, we really want to, make our products be able to um, make it affordable as much as possible. Right now it's really specialty and we want it to be more accessible to more people. Um, And so when I think about that, it's like, okay, how about if a kid comes from a low income family, you know, do they have everything they need for our baking mixes? Like Mm -hmm. if it's water, if it's just water, then it's like, okay, then, you know, they can, it's easy. It's easy. Yeah. It's just a lot more accessible. Yep. Accessible. That's it. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And I love that that's your mission. And I, I know you kind of tease about your social mission, which I, I want to learn about now before we like continue to dive in. Cause I want to see how we can relate back to that. Um, what do you feel like is then like, cause of course you have a very clear mission of like giving the opportunity to bake and connect over just being in the kitchen together with people like you had when you were younger. Um, you want to deliver that to people who do have like dietary restrictions and such, but like beyond, beyond that, like what is like your social 
social mission and providing like um, that material and just that opportunity to people, no matter who they are, no matter their background or where they live. Yeah, yeah. Our, our social mission is something that is like really close to my heart. Um, you know, we, the, the broad, the broad, you know, paintbrush over is that we want to address food insecurity, um, and, and really help those who, who need it. Um, for me, like I grew up in, on free and reduced lunch and, you know, pretty much borderline poverty. My parents, like they had to work multiple jobs just to be able to afford like, you know, sports for us or lunches and, um, it's just like a way for me to give back and show my appreciation. Um, and so, um, it, when we started coconut waste, I knew, I knew I wanted us to be a, you know, socially conscious company just cause if you, if you build a company starting with something that gives back or starting with some type of heart centered mission, like it just grows with your culture, it grows with your company. And so, I knew I wanted to do that right away. And, you know, we started with like donating 5% to like animal sanctuaries and um, food, food shelters, but then we, or food banks. And, um, and now we evolved into partnering with Food for Life Global, which means um, with every single purchase, we donate a vegan meal to a kid in need. Um, but also, it, you know, moving forward, I also want to look into other philanthropic um, partnerships. Um, especially with like the policy changes or strengthening policies around um, food accessibility because um, you know food banks and charities are great but to really make a strong difference to really make an impact like we have to use our voices to continue to advocate for programs in schools for um, for for low-income families to be able to access you know food and not just food, but like healthy food, you know, nutritious food. I, you know, America doesn't have, we don't have like a calorie deficit. We have like a nutrition deficit. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of relates to my product too. Like in, as we evolve and as we innovate our products, we want to make it as like wholesome, nutritious as possible. Like how can we increase the protein? How can we increase the um, complex carbs? And so um, it's just like the, the social aspect is just ingrained in like every part of our company. And so um, I'm excited because I know I, I'm excited to see it grow and expand. Yeah. And I mean, I wish the people who are just listening to us could see your face like as you're describing this, because I can just tell how important and also just how fulfilling it is. And I can imagine that's such a motivating factor too, because you're right. Like there are, there are the policy initiatives or lack thereof, like, mm -hmm aren't delivering like fully to people who don't have like food on the table, like every single day. I mean, I've, I've kind of just like my own like background is I've talked and like worked with no kid hungry before. And like, mm. that is a huge like organization, which just opened my eyes to like food insecurity and something that probably is the easiest thing to take for granted um, that we like have just like a dinner, um, something so simple and something that I even stress about, like, getting dinner like ready or cooked um, is something so, I don't know, it makes me feel like it's almost silly, but I love that you are pairing your passion with like helping others. Um, it's something that I resonate with so deeply and it's something that I sincerely believe gets people more connect connected with your brand too. Um, and I'm curious, like what has been like the relationship with that? Do you find that people are a lot more connected with the brand or is just the social like benefit aspect of it just something that you just don't even like really care about how people feel about it. It's just so fulfilling for yourself. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Selfishly it's, you know, it's really fulfilling for me, just like you yeah. said, how it is fulfilling for you. Um, it, it really opens your eyes and, um, and I guess like when you do something from a place of authenticity and like you really, really can't fake it. There's, you know, you can easily spot a brand who's just doing it for, you know, you're, they're just hopping on the bandwagon. Um, mm -hmm. When you really come from a place of, you know, whatever issue you want to address, like companies, like we have like a duty to address some type of issue um, moving forward because that's what the consumers want. And it's just what's right too, you know? Um, yeah. And so I think just from the, like from day one, we knew we were a socially driven company. And so um, being open to evolving and like being honest with our with our community and being open and transparent about like 
you know, oh, we're switching to um, a different organization or we're really, we're not going to do animals, but we're going to address more like food insecurity. Um, because as you evolve, like you, you open your eyes more to things or you, and you learn more. So it's really, I think it's a really organic thing that happened with our community. They're just, you know, it's like, it, it comes from my heart and then it really touches other people. And so they get a connection. They feel this connection with the brand and, um, it's just like a win-win for everybody. You probably have a million questions for Bella right now, and don't worry, I'm gonna ask them all. Give me 30 seconds, we'll be right back with some more groundbreaking. Being a college student or recent grad right now is full of unknowns. I don't think many of us intended to be living with our parents, but I know I've been meeting way less people than I would have in person. That's why I'm so glad that for my female friends, the Holdat team, who we had on the podcast just a couple weeks ago now, launched Back Pocket, a membership community full of workshops, book clubs, podcast clubs, and one-on-one -on -one mentorship. Applications are now open to join them, and I seriously hope you do, because this is such an incredible resource, especially right now. Just head to holdat.com and click membership to get started. Welcome back to the show. So glad you're still with us. And I hope you've learned a lot already about Bella and her journey with Coconut Whisk. We have a whole lot more to discuss, including how Bella manages her creative sort of energy and passion within the brand, and also her time management uh, suggestions for us, which is something I needed to hear. Let's jump back in. So when did you feel like that this was like something that could be bigger than just trying out different um, mixtures and stuff like in your own kitchen and fulfilling that sort of passion for yourself. Was there like a moment where you were like, oh, like this is like this is like the thing that I'm supposed to be doing? Because I feel like I can speak for myself and a lot of the people that there is always that like bit of imposter syndrome um, that we all have. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, every day I feel like am I even supposed to do this? Like, who am I to, be, to do this? But then it's like, who am I not to do this? Why not do mm -hmm. this? You know, and it's, and like in the beginning, it, it, since I didn't have any business training, I don't have like um, too many entrepreneurial relatives or anything. Um, it was just like, who, why, why am I doing this? But then I realized like, you know, this is something I am passionate about. And um the more you do things and the more we felt like we were actually providing a solid solution to the market, like that's the reason why we're, we keep going, you know, it's not about me and my bad days. It's not about um, my past. It's about like, okay, people are actually buying this. People are actually loving it. And so who am I to stop doing it or to, to beat myself up about, I am, you know, about how I could be an imposter. It's like, well, you kind of just set the standards and you keep going, you know, like yeah. <laughs> you raise the bar for yourself <laughs> essentially. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I, I, what a mature mindset you have to have been like, we're like, okay, everybody's going to have imposter syndrome and probably concerning if they don't like, that's probably like a healthy measurement of like your own thing. Okay. And probably just a sign that like of your own capability. Um, and I know you are just like just a master of like the creativity and the branding of it. Um, Cause I mean, if you look through like your site, all of your social stuff, it's just like, mind blowing how beautifully curated everything is like and i and i like i throw that around like a lot but i genuinely mean just how like i'm gonna say beautiful again but just like how beautiful and like wonderfully creative and just how much of everything you've said so far is reflective on your digital presence uh which is so powerful because i know you said you are in some local stores but like I, is a lot of like your um, sort of product distribution like reliant on the e-commerce aspect of it? Yeah, actually just as much, um, you know, since COVID happened, every, a lot of things went online. We do events and we do retailers, but mm -hmm. retailers, they put a pause on, on uh, like new meetings or sales um, and then yeah. events obviously are canceled. So a lot of things have been digital. And so I, I also appreciate your comment, you know, um, about how our digital presence is just, kind of a reflection of who we are as a brand and our values because that's really what we wanted we wanted our customers to see our our page our products our anything to I, I wanted I wanted them to like feel just happiness and you know joy or acceptance or just like nurtured you know um there's like so many so there's so much things going on in the world that sometimes we forget to just take care of ourselves and be gentle 
ourselves. And so um, that's really lovely how you said that. So thank you. Of course, of course. And I, I sincerely yeah. mean it. How much of that, that just sort of effort and building out that digital presence, like how do you feel like that correlates to, because I mean, I hate to talk about like, this is, I mean, we are like a business entrepreneurial related podcast mm-hmm. and I hate to talk about like the revenue aspect of it. Cause that just feels so, I don't know, cliche or just tacky. Um, but how do you feel like the, just the creative side of it is beneficial to your brand? Sure. As in like the revenue, how beneficial it is to the revenue side. Yeah. Or, or I mean, you don't, I'm by no means am I asking for like a number or anything. Um, but I think, uh, just maybe more so in the sense of like how you built that community, um, or like, what's the value? Because I think a lot of the times, um, when we're like trying to build a brand and thinking about the necessarily like the demographic who's probably listening to the show today, the questions on their mind are about like how much time to, cause t- time is insanely limited. Um, like wh- what is the value or return on spending the time to build that creative brand? Because I know for sure what you've created has not been done overnight. <laughs> oh yes. Okay. I love, okay. I get that question now. So <laughs> we, yeah. Okay. So since since the beginning, um, I really took over like the creative direction and like the social media aspect of our company. Um, and you know, I, I don't really pay myself for it. It's just, it kind of, it comes from a place of like love and just like doing it because I love, you mm-hmm. know, exerting my creative abilities, I guess. Um, and, and so I just kept, you know, I just, I just did what I felt like I would like, you know, or what I think our, our target customer would like. Um, and so, uh, it wasn't until probably, um, maybe a year into our business when we actually hired on an agency to help us with like our brand kit and our, um, professional branding and our professional packaging, um, that you see today. Um, so it wasn't until a year in, so we just did everything DIY it was like we were as scrappy as possible because, you know, whatever we made, we put it back into the company. And, um, you know, at the time we couldn't afford like a, de- you know, a designer or anything. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have like some friends who would maybe help out with some graphics or something. And so it's just really being, if I was a, you know, if I was a, if I was starting out again, I would say the same thing. I would be like, you know, get as scrappy as you can. Um, you don't need to spend like right off the bat, like $5,000 on a brand kit and a designer, you know, the, the time will come and you'll know when the time comes, just do what you can now, unless, you know, unless you're like super, just like not about it or <laughs> you're just not creatively like inclined, I would say, you know, find a friend, find someone, um, who, who's just starting out, you know, give them a chance to, to, um, take your brand vision and run with it and see what happens. So you don't, you really don't need a lot. Miles and I, when we won the competition, we won, um, we won like $3,000 and you know, we didn't use any of our own money. It was just like from that competition and we kept, we just kept reinvesting it and we were as scrappy as possible. I got part-time jobs and um, you know, you don't really need a lot to start out. I love that. And you, you broke down such a great, just, I don't know, expectation or myth about the creative world is that you need like, or the barrier to entry is so high. Um, and what I love about you and so many other similar creatives is like, you guys are like, okay, screw the barrier to entry. Like there's just like, why is there one? Like there isn't one, there's a way to go around it or just completely ignore it. Um, with everything. I think that's so, so powerful and so cool. Um, and I want to talk about, cause I know you have done a little bit of experience in fundraising, which is a huge like um, part along the journey um, for some people. Um, and I know you've worked with iPhone women, right? That's the, uh, yeah. And I, I love, I love their mission and I have a friend who worked with them. And so that's how I was first introduced to them. Um, but I want to like hear about um, your sort of initiative with fundraising and such, because we've talked about it a couple times in the show, but I don't really feel like nearly enough um, of how, awkward for lack of a better word it can be because you're like um just like asking for money is so like uncomfortable especially I feel like for our generation to be like because we are like I mean what a privilege to do what we love and create and just the fact that we both have the time just to sit and talk about our passions right now is just such a privilege in of itself um but like what is how do you go about the fundraising aspect of it and um, I don't know if you have any sort of instances or 
stories to tell from fundraising experience, but like, how has that played a role in the development of your business? And like, did you feel like any sort of interesting emotions or feelings toward it? Yeah, that's a really great question. When, so we've been bootstrapped since day one. So that means like we haven't taken out like investors and like not even like family and friends money at all. Um, it's just been reinvesting in the business again, like I said. Um, and so when we decided to do like a fundraising campaign, I was initially looking at Kickstarter cause that's like the basic, you know, everyone does it and there's a big, you know, there's a big hype on it. Um, but then I got reintroduced to, I got introduced to iPhone woman through Alex from the coven. She's the founder of the coven. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Mm. Um, yeah, it's this co-working space in Minneapolis and she told me about it. And right away when I got connected with their company, I just knew like we, I wanted to fundraise with them just because of how involved they were and how they, they did coaching, they did workshops, they, they really guided you and they had this free they had this free course on how to fundraise and especially as someone who's never fundraised before who's never done anything like that it was like it was a game changer um and it really helped me with the mindset of like asking for money and um and and you know being vulnerable because that's what it is when you're asking for money um it's you know you're vulnerable and um and, and so that's a mindset you have to get over as a creative and if you want to if you want to do what you love as a passion and be paid for it. Cause we have to live. Um, you have to change your mindset about money and how it's just an exchange of energy. You know, if you know what you bring to the table is worthwhile and, and valuable, then it's just a natural conversation to have. Like, mm. you know, maybe you're a designer. You're like, all right, I, I put in the work. I was an intern. I, you know, did free packages before, or I know what I'm capable of. And now here's my rate. Like you have to be confident with that. Um, and cause, cause you don't want to, you don't want to water yourself down. Um, and so that's kind of the mindset I want, you know, we have a really cool product and I have this idea that I knew I, I, I could execute and that we could do. Um, and then it's just about going out there and putting in the work every single day. Um, we launched it during the beginning of COVID. Um, and it was like a, maybe it was like a four week sprint, you know, from the beginning, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this fundraising campaign. Um, we're going to, I, I did like the plan. I did the, um, I did the, just like all the social stuff and just, it was like really, it was just like kind of like something I did with like one other person and we, we got the thing up and running. And so, um, and so it was, it was a really successful campaign. Um, we, I think it was like 170% funded or something as of today. And so, um, that, that was just really cool. Um, wow. and yeah, yeah. So it was just like having, you know, just again, it's just kind of my personality. I really just like to get things done and, um, kind of, you know, going like I had to get my mentality right like it's okay if you're gonna reach out to like individuals and be like hey I have this fundraiser happening because I knew like this would be really cool to launch new products with this fund and um it would keep our business afloat throughout these you know weird times because I didn't know like if we're gonna keep going like or if you know I never really had I knew we were gonna keep going but I you know you don't know you don't know like our our events got canceled so that that's like a percentage of our revenue. And so you just have to keep your head up and keep going. And so I just found a solution and that was fundraising through iPhone woman. Yeah. That's yeah. and thank you so much for your transparency on that too. Cause I think yeah. the way we like look at fundraising is people have this like confidence and energy and drive and that there is this existing demand to just support. Um, and it, that's almost intimidating a lot too, where people will like automatically just be like, okay, I'm not ready for that yet. Um, but it is a huge accelerator. And in terms of like your like reasoning, like just a nice like safety net to have to like operate and then just you can be that innovative um, creator that you are and just continuously work to improve without like having that sort of fear of like one misstep could like lead you to a fatal like path, um, which I, I love. I love that you mentioned that and I appreciate so much your transparency with that too. Um, wait, so, and that was only just like a few, just so, like a while ago, right? Like you are, I don't know the way that you manage your time. I think that's the kind of what's blowing my mind right now, because you mentioned that you do have, you did have those part-time sort of 
elements in that so you could continuously reinvest in coconut whisk and mm -hmm. have that opportunity and that funding to create. Um, something that I struggle with a lot is just the time management of it because I wanted to like dedicate as much time as possible and like say, okay, I would spend nine to five working on this, but like I have to do things that do like keep me afloat and like give me the opportunity to invest whatever disposable income I may have into a project. Um, so how did you figure out that sort of balance and balance in time management? Cause I assume you're passionate about both things, um, and both need your time, but we only have 24 hours in the day. Oh my gosh. I love this question. Cause I'm a huge, <laughs> like, I always want to make my time as effective and as optimized as possible. So thank you for asking that. I, I think the main thing is, you know, some people think that if you, because when I started Coconut Whisk, I, I graduated and I was like, all right, I want to do this business, but I need to pay myself. I need to pay my loans, you know? Um, and so I got a job. I got, I was a nanny for like nine months. Um, and it was, you know, it wasn't glamorous. It wasn't fun. I had to wake up at like 6am. Um, but when I was doing my nanny job, I was in my, I was doing my nanny job. I was present. I was um, doing the best dang. I was a dang good nanny. Okay. Um, and then when I got home, all my focus went on to, co to coconut whisk and why gave all my attention to coconut whisk. And it's, and so that's, how, it's kind of like, you have to train yourself to be like grateful for what you have in the moment you have. Um, you, you can't be like, Oh my God, like if I wasn't in this job, like I would be just thriving because let me tell you, like the more time you have doesn't mean you're going to be more productive. You know, you're, mm. you probably understand this. Like um, I could, I, I struggled when I transitioned from my part-time job to full-time coconut whisk. Cause I'm like, I'm going to be so productive. But then like, I didn't like really get that self-management down. I didn't like make sure I'm just working from working on coconut whisk from like nine to four or something. Um, I was like, all right, I guess I'm gonna wake up at 10 AM and just like start my day. Um, uh, but that wasn't like, that was not the best, that wasn't the best thing to do, um, at all. So, um, it was just, it's just like really understanding how to be grateful for the time you have and for, you know, the little jobs that might not seem like they're helping you towards something. You know, mm -hmm. um, I started working at 14 years old. I was like, I worked at Wendy's, I worked at Kohl's and I worked as a server, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I was always grateful because you always learn something, you know, you always learn something. You can't just be like, Oh, like I'm, I'm too good for this. You know, it's, mm -hmm. you have to humble yourself enough to be like, you know, this is like, I'm able to get a paycheck and like provide for myself. And then I get to also do this thing on the side. Um, and so it's like really keeping that perspective. And then, um, as a time management piece, like for me to be able to do everything that I want in a day, I try to wake up early. I try to do all my projects in the morning and not be on social media until like I get that, those things done. Um, and then, you know, I have lunch, which is like my favorite time ever. And then <laughs> afterwards, afterwards is when I do like administration, when I do meetings, when I, um, hop on social media and when I, you know, can be creative a little bit, but in the morning, it's just like you put your head down and do the things you might not want to do, but you have to do. So, yeah. Oh yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's like what my day is like now, but in the beginning, like I had, um, when we actually launched coconut whisk, um, I was in an internship with Verizon as their health intern. And so that was like a nine to five job. And then when I got home, I just grinded on coconut whisk. And so you, you know, you have to sacrifice things if you really want to see something happen. And so I had to, you know, give up like time with friends. I had to give up my weekends, but looking back, I'm so grateful because, um, I, I do have time for like friends now. I do have time for family because, um, I'm filled up. Like I I'm doing what I love during the week. I'm able to do this full time. And so you just got to keep your eyes on the vision and, um, keep, keep hustling. <laughs> yeah no you're so you're so right and i i kind of like those the bits and pieces that you mentioned there i, I kind of resonate with of like i'm far more productive in the morning i don't know what it is like maybe it's just like that fresh mindset or as the day goes on i just like starting to think about like like tuning out the world for the rest of the day um i love that you mentioned that and it's something that takes a long time to like figure out your, like your routine especially when there is no boss like looking over your shoulder, like telling you what to do when, or somebody building out a schedule for you. Like you do have that entire independence. Um, I'm wondering that very first like day that you went full time, um, 
what was like what was the feeling on your mind because i think i would probably be scared so much that like there was nobody like watching over me um but like what was what was that feeling like or did you feel like free or were you more like concerned or were you like oh my gosh did i make the right decision i think i felt i felt free <laughs> you know i'm good. not gonna lie i felt i felt really good because i um I know my personality and I know that I am like self, I can't, I'm a self starter and I can, um, create expectations for myself. That's not, you know, that's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, but I, you know, it's just about self-awareness and, you know, sometimes maybe if you're an entrepreneur or a creative that doesn't work well by yourself, but you know, maybe you can get a accountability buddy and go to a co-working space every work day. Um, you know, whatever works for you. And like you said, it, it takes time to figure out. Um, but I knew like from, you know, just, just listening to myself, I knew that I, I was, you know, someone who could control their time. You know, I'm not perfect at it, but, um, I knew that as long as I kept going and, um, be mindful of that, I was, I, I could, you know, figure it out. And so, yeah, I wasn't really afraid. I was just really excited because, you know, it's, again, it's a privilege to be able to work from home, to be able to build something you love. And so. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and we can begin to like start, I don't know, thinking about the future and where you're going now, because I'm sure you have a million ideas and you're super excited for that um, too. And I can't wait. Um, are you, I'm curious to know, just from a very like selfish standpoint too, like, do you focus more right now, like on like, improving the like branding or actual like ingredient of your existing products or are you like what could we add on to it um and I mean no need to like disclose anything that you're not ready to say of course just yet no pressure to do that but I am like I'm like wondering because you have an opportunity to expand um but you did mention how much you like to just continuously improve too yeah I think it's honestly balancing both um we don't we don't want to like outdo ourselves too much um but it is pretty, you know, it, it is pretty easy for us to launch new products on our online website. Retail is a different story. Um, but, you know, our website is really like our uh, innovation lab, you know, so we can test a lot of products, we can test a lot of things. Um, and so it's just, you know, listening to what our customers want, you know, like, I'm not going to improve something if you know, it's, it's doing well, you know. Yeah. Um, but then I also want to exercise this like creativity of like, we could do, you know, more mug cake flavors. We could do more pancake flavors. Um, and it's just having fun with it. So, um, yeah, that, I'm really excited for, you know, what's to come and um, just continuing to listen to our audience is something that we're always going to do. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it sounds like you really built a community around it, um, which is so great and so beneficial. Um, and as we start to transition towards the end of the show here. Um, I want to kind of get started on these last two questions because I just know I'm going to have a million follow-ups for you. Um, so the second to last question that I always like to ask everybody is if we had to like manifest right now the future of coconut whisk, like what is that exactly going to look like? And we can work on whatever timeline you want right now. It can be like a week from now. It can be tomorrow. Um, it can be five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 or I don't know, maybe in however long you're like, I'm hoping to be working on something else too. That's whatever, whatever the timeline is, that's a-okay. Uh, I just want to know like, what, what is the vision of the future that is motivating you? Yeah, I think about this often. Um, and sometimes it's hard to really look into the future. Um, I, I do always want to have like this idea of where we want to be in like, let's say 10 years, but I, but it's also like, you have to be flexible. You know, mm -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen in the world. You don't know what's going to happen in your personal life. Um, and so I just, I'm enjoying it right, right now. Um, but in the future, like I see us being, you know, the leading vegan and gluten-free baking mix brand. I see us really um, bringing on talent and cultivating this awesome team. Um, and maybe that could be like a remote team. Um, uh, I'm not a huge office person. I love like, <laughs> I love being, I'm a homebody. And so, um, uh, yeah, just building out that way. And of course, like expanding our social mission. Um, one day I want to be able to do like a one for one model. So like you buy baking mix, we can give a baking mix to, mm -hmm. um, a kid in need or, um, in low income situations. Um, so those are like, that's, that's the one thing that's really driving me is like, how can we continue to give back and to do better at it? Um, and, and yeah, just 
just having fun and creating that community. Um, I definitely see us doing more like, you know, once everything settles down, I hope we can do more like in-person events and um, workshops and um, really activating those, those fun get togethers because we've done in the past and they've been always amazing. And I think that's kind of a key to building a community is like that personal, that in-person connection. Um, and so continue to do more of that. And, you know, maybe even like, establish something in the twin cities like a brick and mortar you know mm-hmm. um you know i don't i don't know if we're gonna keep it a family business forever um because it's a lot of work you know um and and so like maybe one day if we we do get acquired that's great um uh we don't always think about that we, we do think about that but it's like you just got to think about what you can do right now and mm-hmm. how you can continue to grow and um impact people as much as possible and um, yeah, keeping your eyes open for every opportunity that comes. Yeah, no, such a solid answer. And I, something I completely agree, like you do, I don't know, your vision for the future could change next week. Like that's just the reality of how quick like things move. Um, okay. And I totally forgot, I want to like touch in a little bit. Um, I know you haven't hold, held events in the past couple of months uh, just because of very obvious circumstances. Yeah. But um I want to like hear a little bit more about that because I think events in those in-person relationships are what build your brand loyalty so well. Um, so, I mean, what's the, what's that like, or what's the process of building your events like, or just tell me more about your events too. Oh yeah. So the first, so um, we love doing like uh, vegan festivals or like any big event like that, like stone arc. Um, those are just so much fun. Cause you know, you, you get to meet so many like-minded people and it's just a really good time. You know, it's a lot of work like eight hours, eight, eight, 10 hours actually a day. Um, but again, like I've made some really like good friends through those. Um, so we know we'll continue to do those no matter what. Um, and as a founder, like I want to show up for those. I know a lot of, you know, some other brands, they might outsource it or they might have, uh, you know, event ambassadors. But like, for me, I think just, just like being there and like showing up and, you know, you're never too good for anything. So like go to these events, go to demos, you know, do trade shows, um, or, or whatever. Um, and that's something I always know that I will do. Um, and then, um, so, our, so we do a festival and then for events, we actually did a launch party last, uh, September, last October in Twin Cities. And that was just a blast. We partnered with Finnovation Lab and um, it was like a party and brunch. So we had like salsa, we had a waffle and pancake bar um, and we donated proceeds to, um, to, our, to our partner um, uh, at Food for Life. And yeah, we just, we had a really good time and it was a great outcome. Um, and so we want to do more of those, but then we also want to do more like health and wellness, uh, health and wellness focused events, um, and possibly make it free, you know, just to make it accessible. Cause I think that's the really, that's the one thing that bothers me is like the health and wellness space. Sometimes it's not, it's not diverse. It's not accessible mm-hmm. enough. And it's not something that everyone has the opportunity to attend or go to because of maybe financials or, um, something like that. So, um, to, you know, to do more like free workshop events focused on health and wellness, um, nutrition is something that, uh, is something that I'm really looking forward to doing in the near future, hopefully. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And speaks, it's such a great like tie around to like your social just sort of ambitions, um, that you described for us in the very beginning. I love that. I'm a firm like believer in that just having that interaction builds your brand and your own personal sort of confidence, but also allows for a really great opportunity for feedback. Um, as there's so much that can be shared and so much that can't be shared via the internet and just through traditional e-commerce feedback systems, um, that I love that you're embracing that sort of world and realizing like, if you are really going to make that impact, like you have to, you have to get out there as much of as a homebody as you are, like you gotta, you gotta put yourself out there. That's, Awesome. Um, oh, and, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, and I'm really excited to hear your answer to this last question um, that I have for you. So what happens a lot, I feel like, in a lot of traditional just sort of outlets or media of advice, um, especially for the creative field and the entrepreneurial field, is that we get like advice that's like, be yourself, follow your heart, which is great piece of advice and something we should all stick to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always find that like once it ends, I'm like, okay, what am I supposed to like do like right now? Um, and what I really try to do with our show is structure it around something that 
tells people, oh, like this is exactly how I started. These are the steps I took and this is how I got here. Um, because the, that, those actions and those tasks between those like markers of your timeline are sometimes a little vague. So first of all, thank you so much for sharing today. Um, and then I want to see your answer to this question of, so people have spent like an hour listening to your story and they've heard about your ambition and your sort of social mission. Um, I'm curious to know, like now if they're willing and they have the time to take an hour once the show ends to work on their own sort of project and create something just from wherever they are, um, like what's like a tangible like task that they can add to their to-do list um, that they can go back and then if they want to or not, they can DM you and be like, Bella, I did it. Like, um, and just get excited to share with you. Ooh, okay. I am a huge fan of self-awareness and understanding yourself and how your brain works. And so my biggest tip is take the Enneagram test. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, I, it's a, I think so. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's this brilliant personality test that I really resonate with. You know, I've taken strength strengths finders I've taken the Myers-Briggs but this one really resonated with me because of how in-depth and pretty accurate it is you know and um and once you understand that you kind of understand your personality and you also understand how others work um because if you take it you can also line like you can also have your partner take it and then you can view how you guys work together or how you guys might not work together or mm -hmm you know, the good and the bad. Um, and, and so like through taking personality tests through taking, um, you know, through just like reading books on, you know, your personality and your, and your, and your, you know, your nature, you really understand yourself. And then that, that type of awareness is what's going to get you to your next level. Um, so that's what I would say, take the Enneagram test and, um, or take any personality test. Um, I know, uh, uh, Gretchen Rubin does like the four tendencies. And so that's a really good one. I, I'm a type three and an upholder. And so that just makes me understand like my strengths and my weaknesses. And I'm, I'm able to structure my personal life and my professional life in a way that aligns with those. And that helps me, you know, work off my strengths. So that would be like the one thing I think I would say. <laughs> I, that's great. And what's amazing is I don't think anybody's actually ever given that answer before of just to like learn about yourself and like the sort of pieces that exist, but you just like don't know entirely. I remember like I've taken those sort of tests and I've like found things and I'm like, no way. And then like, I'll tell my friends about it and they're like, nope, that's completely true. And oh, it's, that's hilarious. And, it, and it's so good to like reflect on those things because they're going to come to the surface at one point. And so knowing your strengths and knowing the way that you can work, but also then not obsessing over the things that like a partner, like, as you said, could, they could be that strength too. Um, just shows how to really use your time. And um, it's coming together so well, but we talked about time management and then just know, like knowing yourself too. That was perfect. Um, well, I hope, you know, like sincerely, I wish you all the best and I cannot wait to see where coconut waste goes and I will visit that store in the twin cities one day and I will be supporting you however I can I love your story so much and thank you so much for just being so transparent about it all too I know it's not easy because we live in a very very competitive world where there's constantly competition and people trying to outdo one each other out sale or just out compete um, in general um, so thank you so much for your transparency because I know telling your story and telling what you've learned isn't always the easiest thing to do, um, especially to let alone me when we just met what an hour ago, but then to the who knows who is listening. Um, that's so powerful and just shows so much about you and you're just valued to help other people. So thank you so much. That's my favorite thing. I just love, I love highlighting other people's strengths. And I know that we each have an individual gift that we're, we're meant to give and serve. And so um, it's never competition. It's always, you know, how to collaborate, how to embrace ourselves as a community. So thank you for your time today. I love this. Aww. Well, it means so much to me and I'll be sure to plug absolutely everything, how people can support you um, at the very end of the show. Um, Cause I definitely want people to hop on and just follow your journey because it's growing so quickly and it's growing so big. Um, couldn't be more proud of you. Thank you so much again. Um, it meant a lot to me. 
This was like the best, one of my favorite uh, podcast interviews. So thank you. Stop. No, you're yes. just saying that too. I'm not saying that. I really love your your questions and just how engaged you are and your energy. It's just, yeah, I'm, I wish you best of luck with everything you do because I know it's going to be mm. amazing. <laughs> same, same goes to you. I'm so glad that we can just show the support for one another. Cheering you on as always. Um, thank you so much, so much for joining the show. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you, Bella, for joining us today. It was such a treat. Heck yeah, I'm making that joke again. If you're a fan of Bella and Coconut Whisk, make sure you check out what's new with them by following at Coconut Whisk and ordering a mix for yourself at coconutwhisk.com. Happy baking. I hope you'll join us next week for another episode. Can't tell you who's joining us just yet, but you can't afford to miss it. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming service and follow us at Friendly Media. That's F-R-N-D-L-Y on all platforms. Well, guys, that's all for today. See you next time for some more groundbreaking.